0: Parenting is often described as an emotional roller coaster. It moves fast, it's filled with twists and turns, and one minute you're flying at the top of the hill, totally loving it, and the next you're plummeting downhill, completely losing your shit. Parenting can be hard, like really freaking hard, but it doesn't have to be lived in such extremes. It's possible to get off that roller coaster and create a space for your family that feels calm, balanced, and fun. This is where I want to help. I want to help you create that space between the extremes. The space where you're able to truly connect with your kids, find room for your own growth, and even enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Raising You and Me podcast, a place for parents to come, gather the tools to help you create your own version of heart-centered parenting, in order to start connecting more meaningfully with your kids and yourself. Join me in conversations that will help lift your spirit, make you laugh, define your values, get clear on your goals for your family, and bring the joy back into parenting. All right, friends, let's go. Hi, friends, I'm Erin, a mom to two girls, a coach, a cheesy Christmas movie enthusiast, and your heart-centered parenting cheerleader. The holidays are in absolute full swing over here, and something that keeps popping into my newsfeed, it's all over the media, and something that's been on my mind and my heart are these holiday survival guides. They're these how-to guides to survive the holidays with our families. This year, 2020, this year that's been like no other, we have all gone into true survival mode. Figuring out the best way to keep us, our loved ones and our community safe and navigating all of the fallout from this pandemic. There's never been a time in recent history where collectively, we've all been in survival mode together. So in the face of all this, a holiday survival guide that talks about wrapping presents early, time management, and planning make-ahead holiday menus feels misguided at best. And a little out of touch. The holidays this year are 100% going to look different and feel different. For many people, we're going to be missing our family and our friends, foregoing certain traditions, maybe your finances took a hit during all of this and you have that added stress, and mental health for everybody is a major concern right now. We are all already in survival mode. So today, I hope to help you find a way to do a little more than survive this holiday season. Let go of some of the expectations around the holidays, and let's see if we can find those flashes of light that we can carry with us into the new year. With that being said, if you are truly having a mental health crisis right now, please, please reach out for help. You are not alone, and you don't have to do this alone. With that being said, If you are not having a mental health crisis but you feel like you need to have a little bit extra something to help you navigate the holiday season this year i hope you listen and take something away from this episode the first area to aim our focus every year really but this year especially is checking and balancing our expectations we are flooded right now with representations of what the holidays quote unquote should be we watch movies with families singing around a piano There's big gatherings and fancy parties. There are immaculately decorated tablescapes all over social media. And we often have our own traditions and memories that we're trying to recreate. Often, without realizing it, we hype up certain aspects of the holidays in our minds. And when things inevitably go differently than we meticulously planned out, we end up missing those flashes of light because we're hyper-focused on our expectations of how it should be. Those flashes of light are still there, those amazing, wonderful moments, but because they aren't how we imagined, they can feel just out of reach for us. Now, I'm not saying we're going to completely get rid of expectations. Expectations are a hard thing to just get rid of. We would be lying to ourselves if we said we didn't have any going into this. So instead of getting rid of them completely and pretending they aren't there, if we can recognize what the expectation is... And then try to shift our mindset to one of curiosity, we're going to be setting ourselves up to see and enjoy those moments way more. If you find yourself saying, Little Johnny's going to love this train set so much, he's going to be so excited, you've just found your expectation. Now, if Little Johnny doesn't react in the way you were expecting, naturally, you're going to feel disappointed. But what if you switched from the expectation mindset of little Johnny's gonna love this train set so much, he's going to be so excited, to a curiosity mindset, which sounds more like, I know little Johnny really loves trains, I wonder what he's gonna think of this one. Now you're leaving yourself open to experiencing that moment, however it plays out. If we can go into the holidays and all that comes with it with a mindset of curiosity and an open heart, we're gonna be setting ourselves up for doing more than just surviving the holidays. This idea also stands for our kids. For our littles, they have spent the last few weeks, maybe even the last couple months, getting completely stoked for this time of year. There is so much excitement happening. It's everywhere, everywhere they go, and it can become a little overwhelming for them. Scratch that, it can become very overwhelming for them. One way to help is having discussions before and during the holiday season about their expectations, their expectations about gifts, their expectations about how they'll feel during the holidays, how they'll feel when it's done, their expectations about how other people are going to react to them. And by talking about those expectations, then you can lead into helping them shift into curiosity mindset. This will be super helpful for them to work on regulating their own emotions during the holiday seasons when everything feels heightened. The time where all this excitement and emotion usually comes to a peak is when it's time for gifts. There is the anticipation of what's in the gift. They can sense our eagerness to see their reaction to the gift. Oftentimes someone is recording the experience. They may be excited for it to be a certain gift. Maybe they have an expectation of what's in the gift. There can be a lot of pressure around gifts. And the thing is, Oftentimes, gift-giving and receiving goes exactly the way we were thinking. We get the reaction, the gift is exactly what they were hoping for, all of it goes to plan. But other times, and this is usually where things go a little off the rails, there can be disappointment and letdown. Some kids experience this if they didn't get a certain gift they were excited for, or they thought they were getting a certain gift. Others feel it when the presents have all been opened and they have that, oh, what now feeling? It's not that they aren't excited or grateful for the gifts they did get, they just have that feeling of sadness that something is over, that feeling of something ending. These are all normal feelings for any of us, child or adult. But what can often happen when a child displays some of those normal feelings is that we label them as ungrateful. Their natural display of disappointment hits a nerve with us, understandably so, because we've put so much effort into all of the unseen work of the holidays the planning of gifts, the shopping, the cooking, the wrapping, the hiding gifts until it's time to open them. All of the things that happen behind the scenes to make that one moment happen. And when it's met with disappointment, we feel our own sense of irritation and unappreciation, so we label the child as ungrateful. The thing about that though is we can't actually feel an unfeeling. We aren't ungrateful or unhappy We're disappointed, sad, angry, let down, overwhelmed. The list of the feelings we could be having is long, but an unfeeling isn't one of them. The thing about labeling someone as ungrateful is it's a full stop. Once that's been decided, there's no room for further conversation. There's no space to dig in a little further to get to the real emotion, and definitely no space to find empathy and connection. It's a hard line. When we label kids as ungrateful... Usually they don't understand what that word means and they don't understand where it's coming from. They just know that it's a bad thing and they internalize the idea that they are somehow bad. We want to avoid attaching a permanent label to a temporary feeling our kids have. Instead, we can use their disappointment to have discussions about our ability to feel more than one feeling at a time. They can be excited about a gift while still disappointed it wasn't what they had expected. We can give them tools to feel their disappointment and then move through it so that it doesn't become the primary feeling through the holidays. We can teach them to shift their focus. This goes back to an emotional coaching tool I talked about in the feelings aren't for fixing episode. The three A's, acknowledge, allow, and adjust. You want to acknowledge the feeling, allow space for it, and then adjust to a thought or feeling that serves them better. In order to be able to do this, though, especially during the holidays when everything feels supercharged, we have to make sure our own cup is full, which, I get it, is the most annoying thing someone can say. Like, really, another thing we have to do right now? But if it gets to the gift-giving time and the full swing of the holidays and we are drained and exhausted and full of expectations of other people, we've set ourselves up for our own disappointment which is a place that none of us want to be. So, if we're going to do more than just survive the holidays, and I'm talking the whole holiday season, not just one day of it, we have to dig deep into the things that truly fill us up. If you're like me, figuring out what those things are is actually kind of difficult. It took me much longer than I would like to admit to realize that bubble baths are not a form of self-care for me. They're actually kind of torture. And it also took me a long time to realize that self-care had to be more than a biannual ritual. In all seriousness, figuring out what truly fills me up and then actually asking for the time and space to do those things has been a major sticking point for me and something I've been intentional about working on this year. And I'll have to continue working on it for years to come because it's not an easy mindset to break. For many people, when we become parents... We can lose sight of the idea that we are allowed to occupy space, time, and use resources in our family. We forget that we can make withdrawals from our family as well as deposits. That's why self-care can feel so hard. If we're already coming from this mindset, where it's a big step just to ask for the space, then it's important that we figure out what actually works to fill our cup so that when we do make those withdrawals, when we do ask for that space, We really reap the benefits of it. I don't always love a metaphor. I think sometimes people can get a little carried away with them. But one I think works here is the idea of a smoothie versus champagne. For me, things like bubble baths or painting my nails are the champagne. They're fun and bubbly. I enjoy it in the moment. But 30 minutes later, I'm back to feeling like I'm running on empty. Smoothie habits. These are the really important ones. For me are things like consistent physical activity, walks alone in nature, journaling, talking with girlfriends or my husband, an afternoon to myself with nothing to do, no plan, meditation, dancing. These things keep me feeling full long after they're done, and I can keep coming back to them as often as I need because they're healthy. Smoothie habits are the things we need to lean into every day so that we can go into times like the holidays where there are high expectations and lots of emotion, clear-headed and able to enjoy that time. Another thing to recognize about this smoothie versus champagne idea is that there's room for both and both should be enjoyed. Every so often, That champagne is exactly what you need. You need light and bubbly and fun, and it should be enjoyed guilt-free and wholeheartedly. This is not an either-or situation. And if you've listened to the other episodes, you'll know how much I dislike choosing sides. There is a time and place for both. But more of our energy should be put into those daily habits, the smoothie habits, that are going to carry us through the everyday. My challenge for you this holiday season is to check and balance your own expectations. Talk to your littles about their expectations and figure out what are the things that truly fill you up. Is it running, therapy, writing, reading, nature? Whatever they are, do those things. Ask for the time and the space to make those things happen so that you can do more than survive this holiday season you'll be able to soak in those flashes of light and help your family to do the same. Thank you so much for listening, friends. I appreciate every single one of you. Wishing you and your family a healthy and happy holiday season. Be well. Talk soon.